You're listening to The Real Wealth Show with Kathy Fetke, the real estate investor's resource. Our guest today spent a lot of time helping other real estate investors get rich. She's a home renovation designer. And one day she realized that she was a large reason why properties were selling for higher prices and owners were making a killing, but she was only getting her hourly rate. And that hourly rate, while it was fairly high, was not going to help her and her husband retire in time. So she started looking for a solution. I'm Kathy Fetke, and welcome to The Real Wealth Show. George and Sue realized that being the owner of property was the way that they could rekindle their dream of potentially retiring. So they started looking into how they could do it. They began searching the country for the best areas for investing in flips. But then they heard me on someone else's podcast talking about buy and hold investments. And they realized that with their busy schedules, maybe this was a better way to go about it. But they were nervous because they'd owned property in the past, but with poor management and it didn't go so well. So before buying anything else, they had a whole lot of questions. And these are great questions that I thought would be very helpful for our listeners today. So Sue and George, welcome to The Real Wealth Show. Wow. I can't believe you're on The Real Wealth Show. (laughs) (laughs) Have you been a listener? Yes. Wonderful. Well, tell us a little bit. This is for our series on living real wealth through real estate and just wanted to get an idea of how you got started and what inspired you to invest. Okay, I'll start. So we live in the Bay Area. That says a lot. Yeah. I'm 62. George is 75. We have put money away for retirement, but not enough. We've kind of continuously improved our house. We right now live in a mother-in-law unit behind our main house, and my daughter and her husband and family live in the main house. Oh, wow. And because it's difficult for a five-person family to you know, afford four or $5,000 a month rent, we don't charge them that. But we should charge them that if we were going to uh, live in our part of the house when we're not working. Mm-hmm. Right. That's a tough position you're in. I think a, a lot of us <laughs> are in that position. You know, you want to help your family out. I've thought the same thing is, well, maybe I could rent this out to somebody who would pay full price and then rent them something else. Yeah. So it's a predicament. It is. So we, you know, looked for probably 10 years. Besides putting away a lot of money and getting a low interest mortgage, but paying extra principal every month, you know, just different ways of going about attacking the same problem. And I am in the renovation field. I'm a kitchen and bath and home designer, and I help people every day in the Bay Area make their houses better. And But I never got to keep any of it. Right. I help them make their house worth 500000 more than they paid you know, between the cost and the renovations, but I don't keep any of that. I mean, I get my hourly rate and I get whatever, but as it appreciates, I don't benefit from that. Right. They get all the upside. Yep. So I was just looking, a relative of my daughter's husband, there's somebody that they turned me on to, I don't even remember anymore, but then you interviewed with him, you were on his show and I heard you and I thought, nope, that's the person who really knows. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, thank you. So... I started listening to Real Wealth and signed up with that. And we went to San Mateo events. And then last summer, we went to the Detroit showcase. And ahead of that, we went to Cincinnati and Columbus and Cleveland and Detroit and then Chicago and just kind of toured and met all those affiliates. Wow. 
You did your homework. And saw their properties and their renovations and so forth and so on. And we then decided on investing and we did an investment in Pittsburgh, then did an investment in Columbus, and that worked out really well. And so now, as of next week, we're making another investment in Columbus. Oh, wow. Okay. So out of your tours to Cincinnati, Cleveland, Detroit, Chicago, you chose Columbus and Pittsburgh. So what we did was we, we took the money that we had saved for the renovations in Pittsburgh, and we spent it on a house that we paid cash for in Columbus. And how's that and gone? it turned... It's gone awesome. It's gone really, really awesome. Uh, we went out and saw it, and we talked with a renovation guy, and we, we had visited Columbus before and really, really liked Columbus. And, of course, one of the main differences there, and, and one of the reasons we really like the Columbus uh, approach is because you buy it in a renovated state. So they had a big incentive to get the renovations done before, before we could buy the house. And so, you know, we can see now that that is really a a much better way to do it from the purchaser's standpoint. Yeah, you know, basically it's it's the turnkey company that takes the risk, really, because they've got to buy right. They've got to estimate the uh, renovations correctly. They've got to estimate the rents correctly. They're not going to get that right every time. That's why we have to do our, our own due diligence on our side, right, to make sure that we've checked out, you know, rental comps. But when you're in buying property out of state to oversee a renovation is going to be challenging, even if someone's doing that for you versus buying a property that's already been renovated. So I'm so glad you got the experience of, of, uh, well, both and can compare. Mm -hmm. There's a belief that you're going to get a better deal if you go out and buy it yourself. You're going to save on some costs, uh, have the renovation done, but you're missing out on the cash flow during that time frame. And, and that's mm-hmm. not necessarily calculated in to the discount that you're getting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, yeah, so we bought that one property and we just bought it cash because it was kind of, it was something that had been in portfolio and they wanted to turn it before the end of the year. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, that was fine. And we went out and saw it and talked and requested, you know, we got a really, this huge thorough in, inspection report and saw it and met with them and bought it and had a tenant right away because we we made the deal. We buy it as soon as you have a tenant committed. And so that, that happened. And then we're just now, six months has gone by and we're just now financing it. Oh, good. How has that process been? Sometimes that's difficult to do if you bought a property for cash, then you're doing a cash out refinance and you have to, there's a seasoning period there. Have you spoken with a lender about that? We're working with Highland, with Graham at Highland and his group. But on the 23rd of this, on the 22nd of this month will be the end of the seasoning period, which is why we chose to do two loans, a loan to buy another house in Columbus and finance the first house in Columbus or refinance, cash out, refi the first house in Columbus. You know, so it saves us. We only have to send it once. Oh, I see. So you're doing the cash out, refi and using that money to as a down payment on another house and using the same lender. So they only need your, they only need the same docs once for two exactly. loans. Okay. That's great. Exactly. Yeah. And what was the seasoning time period there? Was it uh, six months? It was six months. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. And they'll do a full cash out refi, what it, uh, 75% or 80%? No, 80%. Wow. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. Is the rate much higher on the cash-out refi versus uh, the acquisition of the, the second one? 
No, they're both the same rate. Five and a half, no points. Five and a half is still good, but with mm-hmm. no points yeah. is even better. No points. <laughs> mm-hmm. Wonderful. Yeah. Five and a half, no points. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Columbus is an adorable town. Now, when you started touring all these cities, you went again to mm-hmm. Cincinnati, Columbus, Cleveland, Detroit, Chicago. Had you ever been to these places? Never. <laughs> Isn't that funny? You know, a lot of times we don't have a reason <laughs> yeah. to go. Um, especially if we're from San Francisco, when I when I'm in front of a room of several hundred people, and I say, "Who's you know who's been to uh, Columbus?" and maybe a couple of hands go up. So you know, mm-hmm. what was your impression of the Midwest before you went versus after you visited? Georgie, do you want to answer that? Yeah, I guess as far as the Columbus cities are concerned, I think each one was different. Um, we we didn't particularly like Chicago. Chicago, I mean, as far as the environment, you know, it seemed to me anyway to be a little bit um, degraded and a little bit, uh, you know, just dirty big city, that sort of thing. Um, not too impressive. We liked Detroit because we felt like they were really turning around. Uh, it looks like the city is doing much better. There's a lot of new investment there and so forth. So you know, it, it has had big problems in the past, but uh, it looks like it's improving. We didn't really care for Cleveland all that much. We liked the city was not all that bad. We actually saw some interesting things there. And then um, we liked uh, Cincinnati a lot. We met the crowd there and loved her operation. Uh, however, she has quite a waiting list, and we decided to go with Columbus, which we also liked very much. We loved the city of Columbus. It's was really the best place that we saw city-wise. And the uh, group there, they were extremely uh, nice, cooperative, and seemed to be interested in our welfare. And so that's generally how I felt about it. I expected, I mean, I, I had been to Chicago, sort of downtown Chicago, but it was 40 years ago, and had never been any of these other places. My expectation was that it was mainly farming and sort of very, very conservative people. But what we found in Columbus and well, downtown Cincinnati, downtown Cincinnati, we found, you know, just a lot of young people. Right. You know, I could have been in Mountain View for all. Right. <laughs> really. I, I, we went to this, we you know, arrived late, got to an Airbnb that was like perfectly renovated, like I would do, walked around the corner to a cafe. And I swear, I thought I was in Mountain View. And then as we sort of drove north into Franklin County and Dayton and so forth, it was more kind of like I thought the Midwest would be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then when we got to Columbus, it was not quite Mountain View, but um, you know, just a lot of young people. Mm-hmm. Well, you've got the big college there and there's the, uh, it's like a fashion industry there. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah. I remember driving past a Whole Foods. I was so thrilled because it was probably five or six years ago. I, I would go to Ohio and, and not find, it was only fast food one after the other. And except when you got to Columbus. Yeah. Like you said, a lot of young people mm-hmm. and you sometimes can't tell the difference. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I, I, it sounds like you made a, a great choice with Columbus. It's definitely an up and coming town. So what would you say would be uh, one of the biggest lessons you learned through this past year, through this experience? I guess I would say that there's certainly more to the country than I knew, that I really, really appreciate the service of collecting all these good affiliates and property managers and 
the service of collecting those people into a coordinated whole so that if you have an experience like I, and that they're getting closer and closer together in their processes, you know, the fact that there are people on the ground who know the territory, I mean, that you can't beat that. You have to have that. Absolutely. Because I, I've done renovations long distance. We had a house in, in Clearwater. I ran the renovation long distance. We would travel out there every two weeks, you know, take the red eye and be there all weekend and come home. And I had a great person who was doing the renovations, but it still was an unknown and it still was a tremendous amount of work. And I just couldn't do that in Pittsburgh where I know nobody. Um, the thing that I've gotten out of you know, the past, we've been looking at this and working in the system now for a year because we went to, uh, we did that big uh, trip through the Midwest last May, wasn't it, Sue? Yeah. And um, the thing I've learned is, number one, do your homework, you know. Take time to visit the cities and talk to the um, the affiliates, actually dig into the neighborhoods and so forth. Uh, and secondly, um, don't be in a, uh, a big rush. Um, and uh, this is something Sue and I... <laughs> Debate. <laughs> and, you know, she's got to go, oh, we're going to have so many houses by a certain date. We're going to get 10 this year or whatever. And, you know, my, my idea is, well, you know, make sure that you do your homework and make sure that each step you take is the right one. Um, you know, there'll always be another house around the corner if you don't get the one that this one is the way out. Yeah, there's usually um, opposites attract, right? And there's usually one mm-hmm. one person, one spouse who is ready to move and the other who is really wanting to slow down. Uh, I, I'm the one who moved, has moved quickly in the past and Rich has tried to slow me down. And we have found over the years how to listen to each other better. Where if I want to move on something, I need to give him what he needs, which is a lot of data and a lot of facts. So I have to have done my homework first, and then he can make a decision. Uh, But before I would just kind of, you know, hand him the paperwork and say, sign it, don't ask any questions. (laughs) Yeah. So how have you, how would you do it maybe differently, knowing what you know now? Between us, you mean, or just do the process? Yeah, between you. I think we've done all right. Yeah. You know, it's, yeah. Oh, good. I've changed anything about what so far, no. Oh, wonderful. Because, I mean, it it just hasn't happened as fast as I would have done it. Mm -hmm. It just hasn't happened that way. So that suits Georgie, and I think we're doing all right. Oh, wonderful. Okay. Any advice you would give to other couples who maybe are challenged because one person is just not ready to move forward. It makes a big difference if you physically go see it. I don't think it's a good idea to just buy something on on paper. Like the reason that we were able, I was able, we got an email like the day after told us it'll be eight months. The reason I was able to go, yes, I want that house within you know five minutes of her sending out the email was because we had been to Columbus. Mm-hmm. Yes. And we'd met with them. So you have some some mass and some substance to go along with your concepts. Yeah, I think that's important to keep, uh, if you have a couple who with differing approaches to things, is to keep them both involved and get them, get them both on, on the ground. Because, you know, we sat and we talked with the group in Chicago, and we sat and talked with, with all kinds of people on the Detroit tour. And, you know, we actually had a real, had good reality on, on those scenarios and uh, her group in Cincinnati and so on. So 
yeah, get both people involved and, and make sure it's not just one person who understands what's going on. That's a great tip. And when we did our tour, starting in Cincinnati, going up through Cleveland and all that, we probably looked at 50 houses. Wow. So you were pros by the end of the trip. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, we knew you know, the kind of houses that each affiliate would be choosing and what and, neighborhoods look like. And Yeah, and the bus tour in Detroit mm-hmm. was, um, was wonderful. Mm-hmm. Um, I sat beside, I can't remember the guy's name now. He is a uh, kind of a sandy-haired guy, kind of short from Orlando, and he's got a lot of houses in Orlando. Uh, and and we, you know, we talked about the system and about how to do it and all kinds of stuff for, you know, for uh, hours that day. And I talked with several other people. Every time we would stop and get out and go look at a house, you know, we'd stand around in the driveway or in the bedroom or whatever, just talking with other people on the tour. Well, how many houses have you got? And what market are you in? And, you know, uh, that sort of thing. The uh, the tour itself was a tremendous educational tool, even though we never bought anything in Detroit. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, that is great. I had a couple come to my office once, and uh, the husband really wanted to buy some property. Prices were really low. It was a, probably five years ago. And she just burst into tears because she was not ready. She was terrified, and she did not want to lose their hard-earned money. So that's exactly the advice I said. I said, you both have to go. And he said, you know what? I would rather she just go by herself so that she's not influenced by me at all. uh, And she can learn everything she needs to learn. Take the trip. I'll watch the kids. She came back with offers on five homes. And he was like, oh, honey, no, no, no. We got to slow down. (laughs) So, yeah, absolutely. Usually if somebody's afraid, it's because they need more information. You just need to provide Mm -hmm. that. Yeah. Let me say, we've been, we've been extremely impressed with your whole organization. From the very first, um, well, Sue heard some of your podcasts and before I really got involved. But as soon as I went to uh, San Mateo event and heard everybody talk, and we got to talk with Ben and we talked with other members, you know, we, we realized that, you know, you guys are a very ethical outfit and we don't have any, any doubts or reservations about, um, about dealing with you. Thank you so much. And one of the reasons I went most recently, you know, one was to take my son-in-law and my friend, but when um, Aaron with the beard. Mm-hmm. Yes. Aaron Chapman. Yes. Mm-hmm. So I was going with the idea of talking to Ben about, okay, when our house in Pittsburgh gets renovated, maybe we should just plain sell it to another person who wants to be involved in Pittsburgh and completely get out of Pittsburgh because of the multiple tax returns and this kind of thing. But when Aaron was talking, I realized that Pittsburgh is not really an appreciation market. It's just a cash flow market. So we probably wouldn't cover our costs by selling it right after it's renovated. We'd need to hold it for five years or something. So anyway, I got my question answered as a result of attending more sessions. Oh, excellent. Yeah, I mean, it depends on where you buy in Pittsburgh. There are areas that are in the path of progress where there has been enormous appreciation. But if you're buying in the more cash flow areas that are in the gentrification process, yeah, you're not going to see much uh, equity growth there. So what would you say is one hot tip you'd like to give to our listeners? Well, they should do it. (laughs) (laughs) 
you know, when we got our statement on our 401k money last year, you know, between January and December, you know, several hundred thousand dollars in the market, we netted zero. Mm, yeah. And with $55,000 in a Columbus house, we've gotten $805 a month from the beginning. Mm, that's, that's very telling right there. <laughs> yeah. That's the thing that we've really come to understand and totally believe is that the IRAs and 401ks are not the way to go to prepare for retirement. The real estate business uh, doing it the way you guys do it is really a much better opportunity. Well, yeah, you know, the stock market, it it terrifies me that people have their entire life savings, 30 years of life savings in a, Mm -hmm. basically in what feels like a casino sometimes because you could wake up one morning Mm -hmm. and it's gone, right? Mm -hmm. Exactly. We lost lots of money over the, you know, the big meltdown over the years. A lot of it's come back now, but, you know, you just don't need that type of up and down uncertainty, you know? Not maybe when you're 30, but you know, when you're mm-hmm. counting on that money and you've worked hard for it and you're ready to retire, I just can't imagine having any form of uncertainty. I think many people have been brainwashed into thinking there's some kind of safety there, but there's no collateral. Whereas you own an asset, a couple of assets now that are worth something that just can't disappear. And even if they did, even if there was a fire and those homes were gone tomorrow, you have insurance on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. Wonderful. And it's not anything real. It's not something that you can believe in the market. You know, maybe it started out that way that you were investing in a company and you believed in the company, Lola, but not now, not when it's chopped it up into little bits and you don't have any control over it. Whereas we believe in Columbus as a town and we believe in Pittsburgh as a town. It's a very good point. It, it's it, the market can change just from some news of something that's happening overseas that has nothing to do with us, and bam, your investment's mm-hmm. affected. Whereas your renter's going to just keep paying their rent unless we have some kind of massive, massive downturn where everybody loses their jobs. But based on the fact mm-hmm. that there's so many, I think, 7 million job openings, it, have to, it would have to be a pretty major recession to see that. And even so, people do prefer to live indoors. And during the last recession, we saw <laughs> rents go up. <laughs> mm-hmm. And even if the rent goes down some, it doesn't go to zero. Mm -hmm. Right. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for sharing your wisdom with us here on The Real Wealth Show. I I really appreciate you being here today. Thank Thank you, you, Kathy. And thank you for joining me here on The Real Wealth Show. You can go to realwealthshow.com to get access to our How to Get Started webinars and our seven steps for new real estate investors. And you'll also get lots of data on the best markets for investing today for cash flow and appreciation. Plus, once you join, it's free. You can have a session with one of our investment counselors, all of whom invest in the markets that we promote. So check it out, realwealthshow.com. I'm Kathy Becky, and thanks so much for joining me here. Have a wonderful rest of your week. Bye-bye.